0: for the kingdom of heaven, preserving the posterity for the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Key of David and Watchman of the Wall Ministries. My name is Charles and I will be your host today. And I am confident that God is going to be in our midst, that the Holy Spirit is going to be in charge. I have prayed for you, listener. I have prayed for this podcast that God take control. I said to the Lord that it may be a polished podcast. We might have it real well written, well spoken, but unless the presence of God be in it, unless the spirit of God be in it, unless God breathes upon this podcast, the breath of life and that anointing that breaks every yoke is on it. It will not make a difference, but I am confident That it's going to make a difference in my life. It's going to make a difference in your life because God's presence is going to be on it. I welcome you. And as I'm welcoming you, I want to welcome also to the podcast, the brother that helps me with it, my friend and my partner in ministry, Scott. Scott, how are you today? I am doing well, Charles, and blessed
1: that I've been given another day to uplift his name, to speak in his name. Like you said, what an honor and a privilege this is to be doing this podcast and to speak the things that God is wanting to be said in these last days. It's a wonderful day, and I just can't wait, as usual, to hear what God is going to say to us next. How are you doing, my brother?
0: I'm doing well. Like I said earlier, I was praying, and I was trusting God's presence, and as I was praying, I felt God's presence enter the room and that's what I wanted to know and feel. That's what gives me the confidence that this is going to make a difference. And so I, am now that he is here with us where two or more are gathered in his name, he is in the midst and Scott you're here. I'm here and listener you on the other side, you're with us in spirit. So we're confident that God is also here in the midst with us doing his will and taken advantage of this opportunity to speak to our hearts scott i know you have a list of people that you're going to pray for we've been doing this for a while on this podcast we've created a list listener of names that we have either received from you through different means either voice of mouth or email or uh the grapevine but how our names are being given to us, we have been adding them to a list of names and needs that we've been calling out to God. And we're believing as we agree and join our faith together, that God's going to move in every situation. Let me take this opportunity listener to invite you that if you have a need in your life that you want Scott and myself to join our faith with, let us know. You can do it by sending us an email I will be glad to give you the email address. I can give it to you now, and then I'll give it to you again at the end of the podcast. But the email address is simply key underscore David underscore ministries at yahoo.com. If you would like for your name to be added to the list of which we pray and call out to God, we will be glad to do so. If you have any feedback or comments that you would like to send us, we welcome them. It encourages us when we know we're making a difference. If you drop us a line, and let us know that you're listening in, that you've been encouraged, maybe you even been challenged to move up closer and to go up higher with God. It will encourage us to keep doing what we're doing. It does us good to know we're making a difference. I believe, Scott, We are making a difference, but it still encourages me to hear from other people. Scott, I want you to also pray for this podcast when you pray for that list of people, that God will take the opportunity in the next few minutes to open our ears and eyes and the spirit, the listeners' ears and eyes to be open, that we receive what God is saying to us, that he challenges us to move up higher and go deeper, like I said, So, Scott, whenever you're ready, say what's on your heart and then pray for us. Call that list out before God.
1: I will surely do it. Listener, just as Charles has said, we count it an honor and a privilege to be able to pray for you and your needs. And we get paid when we see the Lord move on these requests. When we get a a feedback and just like Charles said, if you uh, have a need, write into the ministry email. If uh, you get a prayer request, if you get answer to these prayer requests, then send us that email in that ministry. That encourages us. That's that's when the minister of God truly gets paid. When he sees the presence of God move, that's his paycheck. And we're asking that you give us our paycheck today. If you have a need, and I know that's kind of strange, but if you have a need, send it through that email. If, If you get an answer to this prayer, and you just want to thank God, send us that email. We'd love to hear it. We'd rejoice with you. And we're going to pray for these people continuing still, because sometimes, Charles, it ain't just in a one-time prayer or two-time prayer or three-time prayer. Sometimes you've got to travail. Sometimes you've got to warfare and fight to get the answer. But just like Hannah, if we keep on praying, if we keep on travailing, we will see the need met. We will see God move. God's promises this today are the same as they were 2,000 years ago. And, Charles, they're just as true. Every word he has spoken, every promise he has given is true and amen, and it will stand when this world is burning with the fires of Armageddon. God's word still holds true. And I've got a word for you this morning because, Charles, in prayer, I just feel like that this is what's going on, and this is what the Lord wanted me to say And give me a scripture for these folks that we're praying for on this list. And I'm going to come out of Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to start at verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he being Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. (laughs) You just shout right there. That is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, yep. in all things, uh, uh, let me back up again and say that. This is good stuff. Listen, listener, this is for you. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Here you go. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. Let me say it one more time. This is for you. This is your promise. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to secure. That word is able to hold, able to keep, able to comfort. That's what that word means. Them that are tempted. I know you've been tempted this morning. I know you're being tried. I know you're being tempted to give up. I know you're being tempted to quit. I know under the pressure of the trial this week, I want you to just stop. That trial sings in your spirit this morning. Why don't you just stop? Why don't you quit fighting? It's too hard, that voice would say. You're not going to make it anyway. He's not listening. You might as well just stop. But I'll give you a scripture this morning that Jesus has got his ear bowed this morning. He's listening to the prayers of his people, and he's going to help you if you don't quit, if you don't give up, if you keep trying. To the victor goes the spoils, Charles, and the victor in a Christian life is one who keeps on trudging, keeps on fighting, doesn't look back like a lot's wife did and go back to the things it was, but keeps on trudging. Listen, folks, if the devil would not fight you, that means you ain't got nothing he wants. I, I, I got I to gotta try to encourage you this morning. Keep trudging. If you've not seen the answer yet, that's because it's on its way. Quickly, I'll say this. When we're going to pray. Old Daniel had to pray for a long time. Make a long story short. He prayed for a long time for a certain need, Charles. It was many, many, many days. Now, a lot of today's Christians might want to give up, say, well, I prayed two or three times, and it didn't work. So I guess it's not going to happen. But old Daniel. He kept on praying and he kept on praying three times a day. He go and he keep on knocking on heaven's door. Charles, finally, about 30 some days later, an angel of the Lord appears to Daniel said, "Ah, God heard you. The very first time you prayed. the very first time the answer was given. But Satan fought me. Now, that's That's what's trying to go on this morning. Satan's trying to fight against your answer. He's trying to fight against your need to the victor is the one who stays steadfast. And I'm telling you, and I'm encouraging you, stay steadfast this morning. We're, we are praying for Jeremiah. We are praying for David and Danielle. We're praying for Amanda. We're praying for David for a financial blessing. We're praying for Melissa. We're praying for Hunter, Chris, Ben, Amanda number two, Annabelle, Trey, Christy, Fodel, Billy, Tina, Joey, Joe, Landon, Charles for a health need, Jerry, Rhonda, and Charles, we got a special request this morning that was uh, given to me. Uh, The person wants to remain anonymous. God knows who they are. But they are praying a special request for the church to pick up the burden of kids and kid ministries such as Vacation Bible School and things like that, praying that that burden be placed back on your preacher's heart. Preacher, I hope it burns in your heart this morning. Every single one of you that can still talk to the Lord, I hope you pick up this burden. Our children are our future. And my goodness, are they being attacked right now? That's all I'll say about that. But we're praying for these people right now, and we're believing that God is already moving. I'm going to say it like this. I've not even prayed yet for you. God's already moving. He is already. Before I say the first word, Charles, his presence is here. And he's already moving. We're just going to do the ceremonial thing and say it out loud. But God is already moving for you. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, that your ear is open unto the prayer of your children. The Psalms. Is recorded full of how you bow down your ear to your children, how you see their need, how you look to and fro watching over them, how you protect them, how you lift them up in the valley of the shadow of death, how you promise, Lord, this morning that you'll walk with us through that valley, through that fire, through that need, through that hurt, through that pain through that depression and I know you are walking with these people this morning I know you are God we have been given promises this morning that where two or three would gather in uh, your name there you are in the midst and if two or three would ask as concerning anything touching anything it shall be granted Charles and me and the Holy Spirit and that person on the other end of this podcast agree and we thank you God that you're going to meet needs we worship you this morning that you're going to touch. Every single soul that you're going to touch every need. I ask that the presence of the Holy Spirit go to them wherever they're at right now, their job, their home, driving down the road. I ask that it touch them right now and comfort them and lift them up right now. And I believe you're going to do that. I believe right now that strength and hope and tears of joy are coming on people that have been struggling and have been fighting and god i thank you that you are the great comforter you're able to secure those that will not turn back that are being tempted and god we thank you this morning god you're going to meet these needs now lord we ask for this podcast and I just feel ceremonial, Lord, because your presence is already here. But I'm going to say it out loud for the benefit of the people. Thank you this morning, Lord, for your presence. Thank you that your word is going to come through. Thank you, God, that you are going to touch us this morning. Speak to us and instruct us, Lord. You're going to get out on the boat, so to speak. And you're going to teach us this morning. And I thank you for that gift. We praise you. Let Charles have complete freedom this morning to Uh, minister the word of God, we bind and rebuke any enemy, any demon, anything that would try to hinder this word this morning. We bind it. We rebuke it. We cast it from this podcast and off the people in the name of Jesus. And we give you the praise and the glory for all this. It's already done. I thank you for it. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. And amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for praying, Scott. I thank God also with you and I believe what you said. God was already moving even before we began to pray. You know, Scott, the Bible says that God knows our needs even before we ask him. But you know what? He likes to be asked because he likes for us to acknowledge our dependence on him. Amen. And you said something before you prayed that still echoes in my spirit. There's an old song that says, we're sure to win the victory if we keep on keeping on. Amen. And I believe that. I believe that. The one who wins is the one who doesn't give up. It's as though a righteous man falls, he will get back up and start again. And that's the victory, Scott. It's not how many times you fall, but how many times you get back up and move forward. And I believe with all of my heart, as long as we don't give up, we're going to make heaven our home. So thank you for that prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for already being here. Scott, we're going to continue today on the series that we've been on for 20 weeks now. It's been a long series that may end up being the longest one that we've ever done on this podcast. We're talking about the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Just to refresh everyone, Scott, that's been listening to us for a while. We're talking about that third person of the Trinity. We're talking about that sometimes what people would consider mysterious person of the Trinity. We hear so much about the father. We hear so much about the son, but we don't hear a lot from ministers and from people today about the Holy Ghost. But Scott, it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's being carried forth and done today. Yes. On the day of Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 2, when the, when, when the people were meeting in the upper room as Jesus instructed them to, he said right before he ascended, he said, go and tarry in Jerusalem till you receive the promise from the father of the Holy ghost. And ever since then, Scott, it has been the spirit, the Holy spirit's job to complete the work that Jesus began in us. Jesus established the church by his death, burial, and resurrection. And now the Holy Spirit is molding and shaping the body of Christ into that blessed, wonderful bride that Jesus is going to return and receive. Not many days hence. We've been talking about that third person of the Trinity. We've been talking about the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Listener, I hope that over the last 20 weeks you have learned and you have realized what we've been trying to say that you must depend on the Holy Ghost to complete this Mm. work that's been started. You must submit yourself to the leading of the Holy Ghost in order to complete this journey. God has a vision and a plan for you. He has a vision. When he looks at you, he sees the finished product. Listener. He doesn't see you as you are now. He sees you as the finished product, the saint of God, the completed work of faith that Jesus began the day that you were born again. He sees you finished and standing before his throne, worshiping him for eternity. And the way that we're going to get there is through the work and ministry of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Now, Scott, not only have we been talking for the ministry of the Holy Spirit for 20 weeks, but we covered also we've been covering the fruits of the spirit which are spoken about in Galatians chapter 5. This is the fourth week that we've been on the fruits of the spirit. A lot of people may think we're taking too long that we're going too slow about the fruits of the spirit that we're moving way too slow, but you know what, Scott? I want to be led by the spirit. I want to go at his pace. And I don't want to leave anyone behind. I want them to realize, to learn about the fruits of the spirit and how those fruits are manifested in our lives. Now we spent the last couple of podcasts on the works of the flesh that Paul mentioned in chapter five of Galatians. We spent quite a while, Scott defining the works of the flesh. And I believe that just the last two weeks, we've had a wake-up call from the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because a lot of believers, a lot of listeners may not have read those with the understanding of what they truly were. Scott, we broke down the definitions of them, and then the Holy Spirit would expound on them and convict our hearts about what was actually going on in our heart. We're going to do a little bit of review before we get into the fruits. But, Scott, before we do so, I, I hope you're prepared, but if you are in a place where you can read Galatians chapter five, start at verse sixteen, and read through twenty five for us.
1: This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the spirit lusteth against the spirit, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh which are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the spirit.
0: Amen. amen. if we live in the spirit, let us all walk also walk in the spirit. Scott, we're going to wrap up about the works of the flesh today. And we're going to begin on the fruits. If the time allows, we might even read the fruits and briefly define each one before we start breaking them down one by one. Like we did the fruit, the works of the flesh But before we get into it, I want to remind the listener, some of these works of the flesh are big words that you may not be familiar with, like lasciviousness. I know you don't hear that word often in everyday vernacular or in the conversations that you have. You may not even know what that word actually means. I encourage you, if you have not taken the time to listen to the last couple of podcasts, please do so. For the Holy Spirit did a wonderful job expounding on each one of these works of the flesh, giving us a little bit more light on what the devil is attempting to do in our lives. So I encourage you to go back and listen to those and listen to them with an ear to hear what the Spirit would say to your own heart about what the devil may be attempting to do in your life. Now, before we move on to the fruits, let's just remind ourselves one more time, Scott. We are not reading scriptures, wrote to unbelievers. When Paul wrote this letter to the church in Galatia, he was speaking to believers. He said to the believers, if you live in the spirit, meaning if you are born again, if you have made Jesus your savior and Lord, if you have accepted Christ, his completed work on the throne or on the cross, if you believe that he died for your sins and you accepted his Sacrifice as the only way for you to reach heaven and make heaven your home. If you are born again, then not only that, but it said walk in the Spirit. Scott, that word walk in the Spirit means to be controlled or to submit your control to that of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. The only way we're going to complete the work, the only way we're going to see these fruits of the spirit manifest in our lives is if we allow the Holy spirit to control our lives, if we rely on his strength and not our own. So let's just remember, we're not talking about unbelievers. Scott, we're talking about believers. We're not talking about people who do not know Christ. We're talking about those who claim to be born again. It doesn't happen naturally. Scott, Mm -mm. you don't one day, Wake up, get saved, and these fruits begin to grow in your life. You have to abide in the vine. Jesus said, abide in me and you will bear forth fruit. Scott, let's talk about what that word abide means. (laughs) Abiding in the vine, it doesn't only mean belonging to. It doesn't mean just being a member of a church. It doesn't mean just being a part of the body of Christ. Abiding means an intimate fellowship with the Holy ghost. You're spending time with God in his present. You're allowing God's word to seek out your heart and reveal to you what his will truly is. Scott, what can you say about what abiding means?
1: I like abiding in the fact that it's a time sensitive word too, Charles. It means a constant right now, present tense, yeah. Yeah. uh, Time-sensitive word. That means abide is consistently. Well, I guess you could say it's an action word, so it's a verb, couldn't you? It's a consistent staying hooked in to the vine every day. And I think we for we forget, Charles, or we let the devil fool us into thinking, well, I, I hooked in one time to the vine 30 years ago, so I'm okay when I said a prayer. And that is not what it means. Abide means to consistently constantly, daily stay hooked into that vine, Charles. Would you agree
0: with that? Absolutely. It, you know, uh, another word, another way you could say abide is live. Yep. To live in. You know, I my abode, where my house is, I call it my home because I live there. I spend most of my time in that abode, in that place. To l- abide in Jesus means that you live with him. So many Christians today, Scott, they want to visit the Lord. They want to go to church. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. We want to go to church on Sunday mornings and spend a couple of hours with the body of Christ. We want to sing our four songs. We want to listen to a 20-minute sermon from the preacher. And then the rest of the week, we don't pick up our Bible. We don't spend time in prayer. We don't seek God's face. We don't spend time with God. That's not abiding in the vines, Scott. That's visiting Jesus. Yeah. And he wants you to make him a habitation. He wants you to dwell with him in his house. He said in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he that will open the door and let me in, he said, me and my father will come in and we will sup with him. That's another way to say abide. Spend mm-hmm. time intimate fellowship Scott the only way these fruits of the spirit are manifest in our lives is if we spend intimate time with God also the only way these works of the flesh will not manifest in our lives is if we do that if we spend time with God Scott one thing we got to remember the works of the flesh are result of a life that relies on its own strength A lot of people wanna walk this walk without trusting in God's strength. They think that the love they have and the zeal they have for God is gonna get them through. Scott, if we remember the story about Peter, Peter thought that he loved God with all of his heart. He claimed to Jesus on the night that Jesus was betrayed by Judas and arrested and taken before the Sanhedrin to be crucified. Peter made that boast. He said, Lord, even if the rest of these guys run off and leave you, I will never leave you. I'll even die with you. Now, Scott, he was sincere. Yep. Peter meant every word he said. But what the point was is that Peter was depending on his own strength. Mm-hmm. He was relying on the own, his own love that he had mustered up in his heart for Jesus. And I believe that Peter did love Jesus, but Jesus told him, he said, Peter, I've prayed for you that after you're converted. Now that's a strange word, Peter, after you're converted, then you will strengthen the brothers. Then you will love me the way that I want you to love me. Then you will truly abide in me, live in me, depend on me, not rely on your own strength. Now, Scott, we use that word conversion as a definition between a believer and an unbeliever. But he was talking to Peter who already claimed that Jesus was the Messiah, the anointed one of God, the only son of God. So he said, Peter, I know you're saved, but you've not been converted yet. Mm-hmm. Now, now that means that Peter was still relying on his own strength. All, all he was already in the place where the devil could tempt him and these works of the flesh be sown in his heart. Scott, someone who doesn't depend on the strength of the Holy spirit, someone who doesn't rely on the power of the Holy ghost is in a perfect position for the enemy to sow these works of the flesh in their heart. And if they depend on their own strength, they're going to fail Scott. They're going to fall just like Peter did. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: We, and, and where the church has failed, the reason we've been on 20 weeks uh, or, and possibly longer of, of pushing this, this lost piece of doctrine is that we, we should be teaching the people right off the bat. Our strength is from the Holy Spirit. Our, our, <laughs> what we've got to pull from comes from the Holy Spirit. And Charles, if we're pulling in our own strength, we can even try to pull from our own faith. We can pull from many areas. We can pull from our own faith. We can pull from our own understanding. We can pull from our own zeal. But therein, like you said, is the problem, the weakness, the reason the church is faltering, the reason why we're not seeing our prayers get answered, the reason that we're we're struggling like we're struggling is because it's a multitude. Preachers have stopped preaching total reliance on the Holy Spirit. It's Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit that you're going to pull from, That's that should be, and Charles, I, I'm trying to get here. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to get here. I'm trying to reprogram my mind as well, that yep. I need to be totally reliant. My first pull, my first go-to, my, my first I've got to get him first is the Holy Spirit. And we've got to see that we've got to be totally reliant. as a, I, And I can't say it no other way than this, as a drug addict, is totally dependent yeah. on his fix to get his need met, to get to get the feeling better. Charles, in the same fashion, we have got to realize, we've got to get to the place, you are totally dependent. Every action, every move, everything you're going to do in and through Jesus is totally reliant on the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm going to say this and give it back to you. I'm trying not to talk too much today. But you notice, he holds them back from doing anything in the book of Acts, until they're empowered. Go wait. Go tarry. I don't want you to go out, you know, immediately, we we as Christians today, we'd go to evangelize. We'd go by a tent. Immediately, as soon as we heard the word, we'd go by a tent, we'd get out there, and we'd just start motivating and pushing and speaking and shouting and hollering. But nope, that's not what Jesus did. He said, I want you to go wait. I don't want you to do anything yet until you are empowered by the promise of the Father from on high. And so I, I hope people that's the basis for this series. That's the great need. And I hope that's what they're getting out of this. And I'm going to hand it back to you.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you did a great job of building a bridge to the last point I wanted to make before we work, We start mentioning the fruits of the spirit. And that is the fact that the works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit are different in the fact that, like you said, the fruit grows from whatever's inside whatever's inside is going to come out Mm -hmm. and scott if i go here's what people don't understand is if i go and plant in a garden Now i was raised on a farm i was raised in the country i was raised on the farm so i know a lot about the principle of sowing and reaping and how I could tell you so many points I learned, spiritual points I learned by the fact of how my father on this earth would go and prepare the ground to receive the seed that he would sow. But I'm not going to get into that today. What I want to get into the fact is, is whatever we wanted to grow, that's what we planted. And if we wanted potatoes, we didn't plant corn. And if we wanted corn, we didn't plant green beans. We planted whatever we wanted, and we trusted that whatever that seed was, that's what would grow. Scott, if you plant a potato, it doesn't have to concentrate and say, well, if I'm not careful, I'll grow up and be a stalk of corn. No, it's gonna be a potato because that's what's in its DNA. Scott, if a believer spends time in God's presence, He won't have to worry about the fruit of the spirit being manifested in his life. It will naturally occur because whatever he sows, that will he also reap. The problem that we have today is is we've got Christians who want to sow to the flesh. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about going out and committing some heinous sin. A lot, of, a lot of believers misunderstand when they think that to sow to the flesh means to go out there and commit some heinous sin. Scott, I heard one of my old pastors say that Christians are far more guilty of the sins of omission than yeah. they are of the sins of commission. Let me explain mm-hmm. what I mean by that. The sins of commission are the sins that you commit willfully, and, and you, know, you, you intentionally make. Now, of course, those are wrong. If I intentionally and willfully sin, then I am a sinner and I am sowing to the flesh and I will reap the benefits or the destructive power of those sins. But that's sins of commission. Now, the sins of omission means that we're not as guilty of doing things wrong as not doing the right things. We're not spending time in prayer. We're not reading our word. We're not spending time in God's presence. We spend more time in the world doing worldly things and then expect God's blessings to rain down upon us. And then Christians are often surprised, Scott. They don't spend time in their word. They don't spend time in prayer. They spend time watching television, doing the things of the world. And then when the blessings of God don't come, they look around in this surprised state and say, well, why isn't it working for me? Well, if you don't spend time with God, you won't have God in your life. If you spend more time in the world than you do in your Bible, if you spend more time in worldly things than you do in prayer, then, of course, you're not going to reap the fruits of the Spirit. They're not going to grow unless you take time to what we've said earlier, abide in Him. So, Scott, we are far more guilty of the sins of omission than commission. We're more guilty of not doing the wrong things, but just not doing the right things. I would totally agree.
1: You know, there was a phrase come to me while you were speaking that said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be given unto you. And where the breakdown occurs, you so eloquently put, is we're not trying to abide in him. He's trying so hard on the other end to abide in us, woo us through, through words like this, through podcasts like this, yeah. trying his best to woo us. He's ready to abide. The problem is our selfish, self-centered nature yeah. that, that you know we want to have control. We want to do what we want to do. And that gets in the way from us making the finished connection Ooh. and abiding in him. And then like you said, when troubled times come and they will come when troubled times come and we have not prepared ourselves to be abiding in the vine where we can get the promise fulfilled that we can then ask what we want. And it breaks down because we've not done our part. And then we tend to want to get angry at God and say, what good is it? Why do I even bother with this stuff? There's nothing to it. Anyway, the breakdown occurred with us, not with God. And and Charles, let me say this to, I'm trying my best not to talk because I want you to continue teaching. But we, we've, for 20 weeks, have been throwing this phrase. I love what you said about control. For 20 weeks, we've been throwing this phrase, walk in the spirit. And it, and it sounds a little bit out there and a little bit ethereal. And I would suggest people get your Bible, dust off the dust off of it, because it's been a while since you cracked it open, and begin to read and study, not just the words on the page, but study the meanings. Study what it was said in the original Greek. And Charles, if you go back to that, walk in the spirit means two things. You find it means controlled through prayer and through his word that you make the conscious decision to seek after the Holy spirit first thing. And you're reading his word so that you are controlled by both. When you're doing that, you're already walking in the spirit. You're already building a temple, if you will, for the, for the presence of God to abode because Charles, if we don't build the temple and building that is our job, it's always been our job to build the temple. And I'm speaking spiritually. I'm talking about your house, your heart, your heart house. If we are not building the temple according to the leading of the spirit and the leading of his word, he's not going to abode there. I know that's tough. I know that's tough, but he's wooing us today to try to get us to walk in the spirit slash build the temple so that he can abide with us and us with him. I'm sorry. I've talked so long. Let me give it back to you.
0: You're doing a great job, Scott. Uh, A point that came to me while you were talking that I would like to an an example today. There's a very popular message out there about financial blessings in the house of God. And uh, if you turn on your minister today on television, I'd say I'm not I'm probably not wrong in this, but nine out of ten of the ministers that you listen to, their main subject and their main thrust is going to be financial blessings by following the principles of tithing and sowing to the kingdom your finances. And Scott, there is belief there is blessings in following God's financial laws in the Bible. If you tithe, if you give to God, you can expect those kinds of blessings to return to you. I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in others' lives. But, Scott, it's a very popular message. It seems to be a main thrust in today's church that if you want to be blessed financially and materialistically, then sow into the kingdom your finances. Sow that seed of faith, and you're going to see it return to you. Now, Scott, I do believe and we believe on this podcast in the principle of sowing and reaping as it goes into your finances. Tithing is scriptural. It is in the Bible. Tithing means a tenth or a 10 percent of what God has blessed you with. Now, Scott, there are so many Christians out there that brag about how they've been tithing to God 10 percent of their income for X amount of years. But you know what? 10% of everything that God gives you would also mean 10% of your time. Mm -hmm. And if we each get 24 hours in a day, 10% of 24 hours is two hours and 20 minutes. Now, how many Christians who claim and brag about Mm. how they tithe 10% of their income and their finances to God Could also say, well, I tithe 10% of my day, I spend two hours and twenty minutes a day with the Lord. There would probably very be very, very few that would be able to make that claim, Scott. Mm -hmm. You know what? I believe it would honor God more for you to dedicate your time to him than it would be for you to dedicate your finances to him. How much would Your father on earth or your mother on earth, Scott, value your time more than they would. For instance, we just had Mother's Day not long ago, Scott. Yep. A lot of people took their mothers out to dinner. A lot of people bought their mother's gifts. A lot of people called their mother up and wished them Happy Mother's Day. They did something to recognize and honor their mothers and how much they meant to them. But how many of those mothers would rather spend time with their children than to receive any kind of gift? How many Mm -hmm. of those mothers would rather spend time with their child than to be taken out to dinner once a year in the name of Mother's Day? Scott, Mm -hmm. God's the same way. There are so many people that are honoring God with their money, but they give God none of their time. Mm -hmm. And God is just like any other parent. He would love to spend time with his children. And Scott, abiding in Jesus, abiding in the vine, walking in the spirit is just that, spending time with God. Yes. How many of us can say that we spend time with God and that we've made it a priority in our lives just as much as the rest of our lives, like finances and things of that nature? Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. And, you know, we, we talk a lot on this podcast about struggling with depression, yep. struggling with fear, struggling with worry, struggling with, with things and situations not met. And, and Charles, we can't blame, and, and I'm not trying to be mean, and you're not trying to be mean with this. This is the Holy Spirit trying to woo us lovingly. But how, may, how many times we have run into these situations <coughs> where we're struggling with this simply because we do not spend any time, and if we'll be honest, we, we don't spend any quality time praying. We don't spend any quality time reading his word, gaining his promises. We don't, we don't spend the quality time. And I was listening to you talk right there about the, the mother scenario, and you've heard the word replacement theology. <laughs> I'm going to take it a different route right now for a moment. Replacement theology, we... Won't spend any time. I see a situation where uh, somebody's got a mother and they won't spend any time. They, they don't ever go see their mother because, you know, they're busy. They got to make money. They got they got to attain position in this world. They've, they've got to work their 16 hours. And I'm not getting mad at you because you got to work. If a man don't work, he don't eat. But they've got they've got busy. They've got things to do. They've got a boat to fix. They've got a, 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 a water to hit somewhere with their fine, fancy boat. And they, they're doing all these things. They've got to binge watch this episode because God knows when Netflix is going to take it off the air and I can't watch it anymore. I've got, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of things I've got to do. And what we'll do instead, because we're convicted that we haven't spent any time with our mother, God knows when she's going to die one day. You don't know mm-hmm. when she's going to die one day. But I want her to know that I still care. So I'll run to the roses store. I'll run to the mm-hmm. florist. And I'll get me a dozen roses, and I'll have somebody deliver it because I just ain't got time to even deliver it myself. I'm so busy. I got things to do. And right there sitting on that mother's table is 12 roses, a dozen roses with a thank you for being my mother card. And it's nothing but replacement theology for your convicted heart because you haven't even spent time with God. You know, so we thank Charles because we say a five second prayer before we eat our meal or because we quickly say, ah, thank you, Jesus, another day and continue on our 24 hour day and spend no time with him. I wonder if anybody on the other end of this podcast sees that mother. Looking at her dozen roses and her card, which is just nothing but replacement for what you should have done. And that mother sitting there with tears in her eyes, crying, saying, man, I wish I could find have time with my son or my daughter again. And I think we fail to realize that there's a God in heaven with the same kind of heart, with tears in his eyes, saying, I wish my children would want to spend time with me. I have got such good things to give them. I've got such good plans toward them, but they will not receive it because they won't even talk to me. And, Charles, we should be convicted. I'm getting loud, ain't I? I'm getting loud. We should be convicted for these things. I'm handing it back to you. But i got tears in my eyes because I think the conviction of the Lord is on this this morning. Would you agree?
0: I do. I feel the Spirit of the Lord leading me, exactly what you said. Scott, we want to experience the blessings of God. We want God's fellowship in our lives, but we're not willing to sacrifice any of our life to get Hmm. it. You know, Jesus said this, and this is the true test between if, you know, when you read this scriptures that we read in Galatians five, about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. And you're supposed to see what Paul is trying to say. Paul is saying, If you want the fruit of the spirit and not the works of the flesh, because one or the other is going to happen. See, here's the thing. Jesus said, a man can't serve two masters. He will either love one and hate the other, or he will cling to one and not cling to the other. Same thing is being said here in these scriptures in Galatians 5. Paul was saying, you're either going to have the works of the flesh manifest in your life, or you're going to have the fruits of the spirit manifested in your life. One or the other is going to happen. There is no neutral ground. There is not a possibility for a Christian to read these scriptures. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be a possibility for the Christian to read these scriptures and say, well, I don't have the fruit of the spirit, but I'm not committing these works of the flesh either. I'm (laughs) somewhere in the middle. I'm sorry, but that's just not possible. You will either be on one side or the other. You will either have the works of the flesh being made manifest in your life, or you will have the fruit of the Spirit. And I'll tell you what makes the difference. Jesus stated it this way. He said, if anyone would follow after me, he must one, deny himself first, Mm. Then pick up his cross and follow me. Now, Scott, Mm -hmm. a lot of Christians cannot get past that first thing, denying themselves. Because denying themselves means, you know, a lot of people misunderstand what denying yourself means. Denying yourself means to deny spending time doing what you want to do and spend it with God. Denying yourself means not controlling your own life and being your own boss, but letting God make the decisions for your life. Mm. Denying yourself means to read the word of God. And when you see something commanded in there, although you may feel like your life's different, you may see a difference in your environment than what God's word says. You deny what your own feelings say, your own emotions say, your own desires say, and God's desires, God's wants, God's commands supersede your own. Yes. Denying yourself is the true test between seeing the works of the flesh made manifest in your life or seeing the fruit of the spirit. So Jesus said the real battle between walking in the spirit and the works of the flesh is Denying yourself, crucifying that self-will, and submitting your control over to the Holy Spirit. Scott, if we don't do this, we will not see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives.
1: Mm, Absolutely. And there's something else while you're speaking. Wonderful right there. Charles, I know there's a tendency here, and I'm glad we're taking our time before we get into these fruits, because these fruits to me are even tougher than the works, and the works were bad enough. These fruits are even tougher on me. But there's a tendency for people, just like you said, to look at the balance. There's a scale here. On one side is the works of the flesh. On the other side is the fruits of the spirit. And there's a tendency here, and I know I'm speaking to somebody. There's a tendency here to look at this and go, well, I I don't have meekness and temperance and gentleness and goodness. I, I, I don't have none of that stuff, if I'm honest. But I'm not committing adultery. And I'm not committing fornication, and I'm not a lascivious person. And they start trying to balance the scale out. And here, here lies the problem. You know, I might be looking through this list, and I might say, "Well, I got a, I got a problem with variance." But that's all. I've only got one problem. Out of, yeah. out of everything, uh, Scott, you and Charles have been pounding me with. Um, I got a little bit of hatred problem. That's not a big deal. Quit preaching on me. Now, now let me say something. A little bit of leaven. Leavens the whole lump. Let me say it one more time. A little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. If you, ma'am or sir, as through this teaching that we've done for the last couple of times through the works of the flesh, you got spotted. You got hit with one or more of these things, but let's just talk to you that just got one. You've been spotted with one of these things. Uh Uh-oh, I got a problem with that. Then what the Lord is wanting us to do is turn and begin to work through the holy spirit on that problem because charles if if you've got a little bit of leaven it leavens the whole Do you understand yeah. what i'm saying most of you people that cook out there they they use they used to use leaven which made the dough rise charles help me with this if i'm doing it wrong but they would just use just a teensy bit of leaven to make the dough rise in their bread yeah. so it would rise up it took very little very little, and then that leaven would seed its way through that whole dough and permeate that whole dough till it was leavened the way it was supposed to be. Charles, we can't look at this thing and say I'm not as bad as what you guys are saying I am. I'm looking at this word, and I'm not that bad. I've only got one or two of these things, but that one or two or that small little problem with hatred, that little bit of issue with variance, that little bit of problem with strife is going to hinder – or stop you from abiding in the vine and and he's trying to get us today he's trying not to judge you he's trying not to condemn you that's the devil's job what he's trying to get you to do is woo you back to abiding in the vine turn and deal through the spirit with that problem and then the fruits of the spirit are going to begin to work charles Help me with this if I've done it or said it wrong, please.
0: You, you, You've done a great job. I just want to I want to let the word speak for itself. You know, it says right here at verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, <laughs> peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such, there is no law. Now, Scott, like you said earlier in the podcast, there are people out there that are suffering from loneliness, from depression, from fear, from anxiety, from having no peace and no joy in their life. They don't have any endurance at all. They're all the time on that roller coaster ride of Christianity where one day they're up the next day they're down one week. They feel like going to church the next week. They feel like giving up and giving in to the enemy. If you want these fruit of the spirit evident in your life, listen to what it says right after it mentions the fruit of the spirit. It says, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh. Ooh. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us all walk also walk in the spirit. Scott, there's the answer right there. If you want the fruit of the spirit to automatically show up in your life, if you want that love of God in your life, Not the kind of love you can muster like Peter did, but the kind of love that overcomes the kind of love that is brings victory to your life. If you want joy unspeakable and full of glory, if you want a peace that passes all understanding, if you want endurance and patience, if you want to be a gentle person and not retaliate when someone does you wrong, if you want goodness in your life, if you want faith that overcomes faith, like the faith that shut the mouths of lions for Daniel and caused the three Hebrew children in the, in the fiery furnace to stand strong. If you want to be meek, like Moses was, if you want all these things, it says to crucify the flesh, mm-hmm. Scott, that is the test. That is the, the true, struggle for a christian today is to stop controlling your own life stop allowing your desires your wants your goals your needs to supersede god's and turn it back around and say god i want to make sure that your wants your desires your needs are more important than mine, that what you command is more important than what I feel or how I feel. And whatever your word declares is what governs my life and not the other way around. Scott, Mm -hmm. today's Christians would not face the trials and tribulations that they are facing today we have many listeners right now that are going through it just like you prayed at the beginning of this podcast many of them are being tempted to give up and to give in to the enemy seduction to the devices of this world to the giving in to the despair that is overcoming the enemy or the the world you know as we get closer to the end of this age the darkness is going to increase the 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 temptation to quit walking with God, to give up on faith in God, to give in to how the world handles and how the world reacts. It's going to get harder if the Christians today would just crucify that flesh. They wouldn't face half the battles that they're facing right now. Yes, absolutely.
1: There is a a mound in this world right now. Uh, I know where we're headed. There, there is a mound in this world fear. I'm just going to speak plain for a minute yeah. quickly fear has been released in this world. As we speak, you don't, you don't believe me watch as they flood to the grocery stores and <coughs> fear yeah. that baby formula, that toilet paper, that the, the, the basic necessities are going to be gone and they're not going to be able to grab it. And they're, it's just like a herd of cattle, Charles fear takes stride and takes loose and takes off and starts scaring the people. And they, they clawed in and fear and and depression and, and terror are being released, fulfilling the prophecies of the end time that they said would come Charles. And it's, it's up to us to pay the price. I know where we're going with this and I'm going to try to set it up for you and you finish it. It's time for us. There is a price that we've got to pay. There, there is a point to that promise that we have got to fulfill. And if we don't fulfill it, we are the guilty ones. Why that we're being controlled by terror and fear and worry instead of the peace of God and the love of God in our hearts. And Charles, it's the fact that we've stopped paying the price we're supposed to pay. That's the reason our churches are empty. Why we don't see converts hit the altars anymore. Why God's spirit is not moving like it used to. Why miracles aren't happening. Why healings aren't taking place. The old timers paid the price, Charles. They would go out in the woods and they would pray for hours upon end. They'd push a plate back and and not eat because they wanted the presence and the power of God. They were seeking his presence because they knew they were totally dependent on that moving of the spirit. And they would pay that price. The old timers would. And they would come to a church service and they would stand there and they would say, before we sing, before we say anything, we're waiting on the presence. We're praying for the presence to move and they would patiently wait till a wind would begin to blow in that church house and the spirit of God would begin to move. And then all of a sudden these healings would occur and these miracles would happen and people would flood the altars. And Charles, that price is what you just set up us crucifying our flesh. No, I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what God has told me to do in his word. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to seek his presence. And that crucifixion of the flesh, that belongs to us. That is our part. God is not going to do it for us. He'll woo us. He'll beg us. He'll ask us. But it's up to us to pay that price. And if we don't, we cannot expect the presence of God to be in our lives like we are going to. If we sow that seed, we're going to reap that harvest, whether it's good or bad. Let me give this back to you because I'm talking a lot
0: well you're doing a great job you're saying exactly what I would say the Spirit of the Lord is saying it for us whether it be you or me the Spirit of the Lord is saying the same thing Scott that today if you want victory in your life if you want the peace the love the joy these fruits of the Spirit you've got to take the time to tend your garden
1: mm-hmm
0: let me tell you something else I learned about a garden, Scott, and we're running out of time, and then I'm going to bring it to an end and let you pray. Let me tell you something else I learned about a garden. After we sowed the garden and we planted all the things that we wanted to grow, <laughs> we trusted We trusted that what we planted was going to grow. There was something else we had to do, and I feel the spirit of the Lord on this.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You see, Scott, the job wasn't done. Hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the job wasn't done just because we open, you know, we we dug a hole and put a seed in it and covered it up. There was something else that had to be done. And even this was taught in the Garden of Eden. God planted the garden, but the job wasn't done. He told Adam, "You must tend the garden." Yes. And Scott, I believe today's word for the Christian today from the Holy Spirit is you must tend to your garden. Yes. God, if we did not go out there and remove the weeds. See, this is what the works of the flesh are like. Because we're guilty of sins of omission, we're not doing the things that we should be doing. We're not spending time with God. We're not in our word. We're not in prayer. We're not fasting. We're not praying. We're not stopping the sin in our life and getting those things out of our lives that God has directly spoke against in the word of God. Because we're not doing that, the works of the flesh are like weeds in the garden. They naturally grow. And Scott, my father on earth would tell me, All right, Charles, we planted the corn. Now you go and hoe it. What that meant was I had to go down there and cut the weeds up because As time went by and the corn began to grow, so did the weeds. If I didn't take time to cut the weeds down, then the weeds would overtake the corn and the corn would not produce any fruit. And today's Christian is not producing any fruit because we're not cutting the weeds. We're not tending the garden. We're not spending time crucifying that flesh And Scott, I believe this is the word from the Holy Spirit today. It's time to tend our garden. It's time to crucify our flesh. It's time to cut out the weeds that we have allowed to grow in our garden. Scott, we have weeds in our garden. And God is telling us we're not going to bear any fruit. The weeds are going to choke it. It's going to become unfruitful. Scott, there's a parable in the Bible. And I'm going to end with this. Jesus said, that there's a parable in the Bible about a sower who went to sow the seed. And he said, some of it went into good ground, but the weeds grew up, the cares of this life, the things of this world, spending time in the worldly things other than spending time in godly things caused weeds to grow. And it choked out the word and it become unfruitful. And Scott, today's Christians are suffering today. We have listeners that are listening to us right now. They're suffering in their own spiritual lives. They don't have the love. They don't have the peace. They don't have the joy that they want in their lives from being a Christian simply because weeds have grown. They've allowed weeds to grow in their garden. They've not tended their garden. They've not crucified the flesh. They've not paid that price. They've not spent time with God. Got those weeds gone, and it's become to the point where it's it's causing the the things that they planted to starve to death and there's no fruit being brought forth there's no manifestation of the fruit of the spirit Scott it's time to go back and to tend the garden Yes. I I want you to pray right now for us that we will hear the call of the Holy Spirit that it's time to tend our garden to crucify our flesh to get those weeds out so that what has been planted will bear forth fruit would you pray for us i will surely
1: pray let's let's speak to you for a minute you've you've heard this word we're going to talk like this might be the last podcast we ever get to do who knows who knows what the future holds Charles this right. might be the last one that we ever get to do so let's yep. leave it complete just in case to you that have heard this word you're you're <laughs> hearing the presence of god speak you're feeling yep. the conviction power that you're hearing that voice say, that's you, that's you. You've not tended your garden and now it's time for you to tend it. And you're, you're going to make that decision. You're going to pray with me this morning. You're going to say, okay, I hear it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to turn and I'm going to start tending my garden. (laughs) Now let's, let's complete the message this morning. Satan is going to come the moment you make that turn and to, and desire to sift you as wheat. I don't know if anybody's ever seen wheat get sifted, but it's it's scooped up in a scooper-like uh, apparatus and it's thrown into the wind and, it's, and it's, it's shifted back and forth and it's scattered to try to get the wheat and the chaff separated from each other. Now, Satan's going to come in the same manner and try to sift you, try to stop you, try to confuse you, try to worry you, try to throw you off course. The moment you make that decision this morning to pray with me, I've got a scripture for you. I want you to carry this with you through the trial because he's going to try to stop you. Let's not be ignorant this morning, okay? You're not going to be able to make the turn and not have any fight, but God is going to be with you. And I'm going to give you a piece of scripture. I want you to hold it dear to your heart because you're going to need it as you turn to tend your garden, as you turn to do battle. I I want you to keep this with you. This is in John chapter six, and I'm just going to use one verse, 37. All that the father giveth me, shall come to me and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Now I want you to carry that with you through this because it's going to be tough. It ain't going to be easy. With me and Charles are not like one of these other preachers. that tells you it's just a song and a dance and just a hop and a skip. And there ain't no troubles. Satan's going to try to fight you. But I promise you, you that are turning, you that are raising your hand this morning to say, I'm going to tend my garden. Jesus is going to be with you. Jesus is going to walk with you. Jesus is going to help you tend your garden. Pay no attention. Listen to me, and I'm about to pray. Pay no attention to how you feel. Pay no attention. Turn not to the right hand or to the left. Do not give up. He's with you, tending your garden. He's going to be plowing right there with you. Do not give up. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, for this word. Lord, it's time we tend our garden. We've let it grow up weeds. We've let it accumulate weeds. We've not even looked at our garden in a long time. Some of us, it's just grown up in a mess, but Lord, you're sending the word out this morning that time is drawing short while my presence is still here. While he may be found while we can still call on you, Lord Jesus, you're asking us to tend our garden. And father, I pray this morning, Lord, that you put the Holy ghost searchlight into our hearts that father, the presence will go into the rooms and our heart this morning that we have not opened because we're too ashamed. We've locked the door in that room. We've got something in there that's just too nasty, that's just too dirty, that's just too tough, that's just too bad, and we've locked it up in the closet of our heart. And Father, I pray this morning that the searchlight of the Holy Ghost goes in there, opens it up, and cleans us out. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to tend our garden, teach us through your word and through your spirit what we must do with, what we must deal with, what we must lay down, what we must give up this morning. I know the price is going to be high, but Father, empower us. Empower us with your presence. Empower the people listening with your presence to make the turn. And Father, to to do the price we are supposed to pay. God, we give you the praise this morning that you're going to do it. You've made a way or you wouldn't have sent the word. You've already made the way. You've already incorporated the power with the word. Father, we give you thanks this morning. Search our hearts, oh God. Search our hearts. Help us to tend our garden. Right now today, Father, let us not wait. Let's not wait till Monday or Tuesday. Right now, as we hear this word, whatever day it is, help us, God, to make that turn. I pray that other people on the other side, make that turn and tend their garden. And we give you the thanks and the glory for it all. In Jesus' name, and amen.
0: Amen, amen. Thank you so much for praying, Scott. Listener, I hope you've heard exactly what the Holy Spirit has said today. Not only hear it, but I hope you obey it as well and put it into action. That's when it's going to bring the victory. I want to thank God for speaking to us today. He did not have to take the time But he cares about you, listener. He cares about you, Scott. He cares about me. He cares about us enough to speak to us and tell us exactly what we need to do. I want to thank God for that. Listener, I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. Help us to get this word out. You know people that need to hear what you have just heard. Share this word with others. Help Scott. Help myself, help us to get this word out. In doing so, you will be a part of this ministry. You will lay up rewards for yourself in heaven. Wouldn't it be so good to get to heaven and not be empty handed, but to say, God, I've taken what you've given me and I used it for your glory. And here's the reward. I want you to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. Help us to get this word out. We have blogs that you can read in the meantime. We have a Facebook page that you can go to at Cry of the Watchman. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And right now I want to mention there's something new that Scott started called the Kib David Supplemental. Some of y'all may have already saw it on your feed, on your on your feed or on the on the platform that you use to listen to the podcast. But it's a it's a small short devotional supplemental podcast that we're doing in between these longer ones that you can enjoy. And I want you to look forward to that in the future because there's going to be more of those come out. Scott, would you like to say anything about that?
1: Um, I just thank the Lord that he's, he's opening up another door in the key of David ministries. And this, this, the short devotional that we're doing, it's, it's a little different Charles and what we're doing here, here on this podcast. As you know, we, we take a series of something. The Lord has spoke to us and we dive deep and, and long well, we've been 20 weeks on this series yep. on that podcast because we know the spirit of the Lord still speaks today because he's saying something right now, just like he did just, just now, but he's speaking every day. And that podcast is designed to give people a time and a chance to say what the Lord is speaking right now on yep. their heart, because God's got a right now word. And that's what the key David supplemental is all about. So Charles, Everybody pray and, and uh, listen every chance you get, and I thank God for it, Charles.
0: Amen, and I want you to look for that. I encourage you to be watching out for those and enjoy those as well. Uh, just like I said before, we have an email address where you can write in any feedback, any comments, any prayer requests, if you desire for your name to be added to the list that Scott calls out at the beginning of the podcast and prays over. You can use that email address to let us know. It's simply key underscore David underscore ministries at yahoo.com. We encourage you to use that and to do that. We thank you so much for listening in this week. We hope we've been a blessing. We hope that you have been blessed by the spirit of the Lord's presence. In the meantime, pray for us and we will pray for you. Lord willing, we'll come back next week if the Lord tarries with another message regarding the fruits of the Spirit. We'll take a deep dive into each one of these fruits and see what exactly they mean and what manifestation of those fruits is going to look like in your life. Now that we're starting to tend our garden and get rid of the weeds, we can expect the fruit to grow and see what that's going to look like in a believer's life. Until then, it is the desire of the Key of David podcast. It is the desire of the Watchman of the Wall Ministries that each and every person repents for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.